back in just a moment. This is Atlanta Chiefs Soccer. Soccer. Penalty area. Let's see. There's an argument going on. Goalkeeper cannot move until that ball is kicked. Here it comes. In this episode of Peach and Pitch, Atlanta United are 14-year-old boys at a sleepover and crash on energy drinks in New Jersey. Gladys Knight says she will not be serving maple syrup with her chicken and waffles this Sunday. Our pre-court diversion program is going just swimmingly, thanks for asking. And uh, there's a little bit too much pepperoni in the sticky and depths of Italian lower league football. All this and more on today's episode of Peach and Pitch. How are we doing, folks? Well, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Oh yeah, that's not that wasn't the story this morning on the way here. No, I am admittedly sick, and I think it's because I scored such uh, such ill goals in my <laughs> in my <laughs> IM game on Monday. Yeah, I don't know about all that. You were you were all right. I stayed and watched for a little bit. Alex was a little bit more impressive than I uh, than I remembered. Oh really? Yeah, I I've been working <laughs> on things. Yeah, well, I've been working on things. You look fresh out there. I appreciate it. Weird refereeing, but should we get into it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what'd you think of the match? We got um, Atlanta United versus New York Red New Bulls. New York Red Bulls um, last Sunday. Weird match. One of the weirdest ones of the season for me. I think it goes to show that a nil-nil match can be exciting for anyone who's not like super into soccer. Absolutely, and especially with. Two teams that are both extremely high press offenses, like mm-hmm. the Red Bulls and Atlanta United, just like a bunch of energy bunnies running around, energizer bunnies. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was it, and I thought it was a tale of two halves to a certain extent. Absolutely, with New York dominating. I'm sorry, Atlanta dominating the first, New York dominating the second. There were a lot of chances we had in that first half that we didn't put away. Uh, I think Gressel and Viabla both missed somewhat open nets. Yeah, and. And in the second half, I don't really. I, I kept trying to figure out what was happening, what was causing us to crumble, but we just peeled away in response to uh, what I'm assuming was a very high uh, pressure Red Bulls uh, game plan. But it, it just felt like they were constantly in our final third, and any time we would regain possession, typically Yamil Assad would get the ball and he'd try to get something up to to Joseph. And it just wouldn't work. We just we'd lose possession again. And actually, the heat map of the game is sort of indicative of that. There's there's a lot of build up play on that left side within our own half, and I think that's where Assad kept getting the ball and then kept losing it. So I, I really don't know. This one this one was a real head scratcher for me. Yeah, and I agreed to you to a certain extent about tale of two halves. But it, that being said, Atlanta United definitely did get in their fair share of chances in the second half as well, even though they gave up good many to the New York Red Bulls. Um, but you'd like to see them start putting those away. And seems like we're going to be having Mr. Miguel Almiron back this weekend. So hopefully that will spark a little bit um, the offense and be able to produce a little bit more than we did against the, the Red Bulls. Yeah, I would certainly hope so. And that that could have been what was missing, just an anchor. And not that Gressel played terribly, but something something went awry. That little and extra zest. We got totally un, untethered. It was it was. I'm I'm really at a loss for words because I, I couldn't figure out exactly what was happening. Right, and and there was no there was no counterattack, really, so to speak. It, it it made me a little bit nervous 
thinking about having to play them in the playoffs as a possibility. It be- really did, yeah. Because, granted, they are not technically on the same level, ranked below us, but mm. definitely not a team I want to face in the playoffs, especially especially away. Um, they look dangerous for sure. They did. It. I think that we could have easily won that game. That was one of those situations where one errant pass, one you know, smoothly struck ball is going to go into the back of the net, and and it's a one niller. But wow, what what is it about Harrison, New Jersey, or is it Harrisburg? I don't know. It's 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 the bane of our existence, seemingly. I mean, we lose to Costa Rica there. We lose draw even, oh to the Red Bulls. Weird stuff. And and speaking of national team debacle, not that mm. we haven't talked about it enough, <laughs> but one of the shining stars in that game, um, in the in the Red Bulls game. Brad Guzon playing well, holding it down oh, in the goal, yeah. and he actually made that one nice so- save um, off Bradley Wright Phillips shot. Oh, that and was got incredible! Up hype as crap. Just that was so incredible. Yeah, he he looked good for sure. So it's definitely comfortable comfortable knowing that he is in there as a safety net. There was a glut of those sort of saves actually this weekend. That Brad Guzon got that one against Bradley Wright Phillips. David De Gea saved. Oh God, who was it? Was it? Roberto Firmino this weekend when Liverpool played Manchester United. I missed it. It was it was a, a similar sort of like he's diving away, cross comes in right in front of the goal and just gets a little foot on it. Oh, and Yuris had a similar save. And, and then Yuris had a similar game. save yeah. against Spurs yesterday, yeah. um, Tuesday. Absolutely. So, but I don't know. It's the weekend of the keepers or it the must, week of the keepers, something like that. Well, that game dropped us down to fourth on... 54 points, I'd like to say. Or is it 53? I believe it's 54. Sitting behind Chicago Fire at 55. And the New York City FC at 56? Yes, 56. So many numbers. So many numbers. So this weekend against Toronto, obviously last game of the season. I guess they call it decision day. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to break down the playoff scenarios for you real quick, Ethan, and tell me tell me how it strikes you. So if we win against Toronto, which is very possible, and New York City and Chicago both either draw or lose, we'll get the first round by, we'll move in to second place on gold differential. That game would be October 29th, Sunday, October 29th, so a week from Sunday. If we get third... We'll play the New York Red Bulls at home either next Wednesday or Thursday. If we get fourth, we'll play the Columbus Crew at home Wednesday or Thursday. And we'll talk more about Columbus here in a minute because I'm sure a lot of you are up to date on the controversy surrounding that team right now. And if we somehow drop down to fifth, which would mean a draw or a loss in a Columbus win, we will play Chicago in Chicago Mm -hmm. Wednesday or Thursday. Ideally, obviously, we want that first round by. Mm-hmm. But which of those other scenarios seems the most beneficial to you? The easiest path beneficial to the semis. Um, I would say. I mean, I did just say that the New York Red Bulls would be tough to play. Um, but it is at home. I like the New York Red Bulls at home. Mm-hmm. I also like the Columbus Crew at home, especially with all the BS that's going on with that that's club true. right now. I feel Although, like. Although, is that? A, that could go. 
that's either a hot or a cold thing. You know, that could either spur them on. You think so? Yeah. I, 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 you know, I don't know. I, I beg to differ. I think that that kind of stuff is 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 served detrimental to the to yeah the team. most of the time as a distraction. Mm-hmm. I mean, but those fans are going to be behind. Well, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say they're going to be behind the team, the players. They're going to be totally against. Oh, absolutely, but but the the match is at home, so I'm not necessarily worried about That's what true. kind of support they're going to be bringing out. But I do like those two matchups, Chicago at Chicago. That's that's a little bit scary. That is scary because they're a solid team. I mean, they're they're by no means cupcakes. It's none of these teams team, are cupcakes. No, really, I know. That's honestly, the like, and the, the Eastern Conference has been so stacked this year. And I mean, I know that this is really the first year we've avidly followed yeah. Major League Soccer, but wow. And I, and I texted you the other day, until last week, Vancouver was the only team in the West that had locked up a playoff spot. Now I think it's Vancouver, Portland, and Seattle for sure. I want to say that those other three spots are up for grabs this weekend. Yeah, East is definitely looking stronger than the West without a mm. doubt. Um stack side for sure like i said none of these teams really look like an easy matchup for atlanta united no. but honestly if we're coming in with a full 11 miguel almiron's back hopefully we'll have greg garza back um i'm i'm confident in atlanta united to make make quite the run uh, same that being said what do you think about this toronto fc team that will be squaring off against you know Sunday? um like i said we're hopefully per miggy's instagram post quote i'm back um hopefully we'll have him back in the lineup which is not abs- many ways you can interpret that yeah really. i don't no, think just, there's a lot of subtext just one no <laughs> yeah. i'm back i'm back i'm back what does he mean uh-huh. uh means i'm back yeah exactly so hopefully that i mean that's a huge piece missing from the puzzle having miguel Almiron back is going to be huge and i saw per dirty south soccer Toronto coming out with a B squad because they already have the supporter shield locked up, clinched the number one seed. And I told you, I don't really know if I necessarily agree with that. I also read somewhere, some somewhere else, um, Toronto are currently tied with the 1998 LA Galaxy for most points in a single season league history. They are, and so as a result, on Sunday. I think they'll make, be gunning for that. I, I I can't. And and I think that people are kind of pulling at straws at this point, and that's kind of the feeling that I got. Yeah. Um. But I also was not expecting to read that they would be coming out with their B squad. I would have to guess that they're not going to risk it. It's yeah, that place in history as the highest scoring team, or not the highest scoring. Um. What would that title be? The the most high, points, most points in know. MLS history, I guess. Least amount of ties and Least, losses. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that it's it's tantalizing, but is it so tantalizing that you're willing to risk no overexerting or, or injuring a star player? Yeah, and I, I don't think yeah. so. No. Now they did they did go for the full big boy lineup against Montreal last week. I had a chance to catch that game, and by no means was it an emphatic win over Montreal. Toronto got a one nil uh, victory. At home, they celebrated the whole supporter shield thing, but a 15th minute or 16th minute Josie Altador mm-hmm. goal put them ahead. Yeah, and I was actually thinking to myself, um, why can't you do that for the national team? I know, right? I mean, obviously a lot. Well, I can you say that MLS is lower quality than that Trinidad and Tobago side? I don't know. I don't even don't even get me started right yeah, now. Yeah, this horse already, is dead and it's been beaten 
to a, a yeah. pulp. Oh, God, whatever. Anyways, so for this Toronto game, we are also going to be having LGP out on yellow card accumulation. Unfortunately, yeah. Greg, Greg Garza is still going to be out as well. I believe it's a hamstring. I'm pretty sure he's, he's working yes. on a hammy. And then Chris McCann possibly coming back as well from injury. But hopefully we'll have that, that strong, at least starting 10. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and, and the Renowitz was incredible last game, I should say. He was, and the, I forgot to mention that as well. So I, I'm not too worried. LGP is, is obviously a crucial piece mm-hmm. in this Atlanta United side. But missing him can can be remedied. Now, it's not ideal. But and the, the other thing that kind of worries me, though, is watching Toronto. They're so effective. Javinko, Victor Vasquez, and Josie Altador are so effective at breaking down MLS back lines. They just mm-hmm. the runs they'll you know, they'll kind of lay the ball off back to a point man about five, six yards outside of the box, then get that space, work through. Uh Javinko when he won his penalty against Montreal did that exact thing. Laid it off, gets the ball played through to him, dribbles around, gets fouled, hits the woodwork twice. So it's it yeah, doesn't go in. Did you I'm, see that? I did not. Yeah, but he, he took the penalty, and the, and the keeper came off his line. He gets to retake it. He hits the same post again. Wow, that's, yeah, that's not very funny. that's not very clutch. Not uh, at all. They, they certainly do have a lot of firepower, but I know I've said this before. If there's ever a point in time in the playoffs where we, we have to go toe-to-toe with an offense like Toronto, I think that we are fully capable of doing so. Yes, we're, we're gunslingers. Absolutely. It'd be a shootout. It It'd would be. be a shootout. Wild West. Wild West, baby. And to sort of illustrate that fact, I just saw a stat yesterday. So apparently, this Toronto FC outfit, uh, plus 37 gold differential, which if it stood, would be the second highest gold differential in Major League Soccer history. Hmm. Apparently, though, Atlanta, sitting at a plus 30 gold differential, would be fourth. All time. uh, All time, yeah. That's impressive. So two of the best offensive teams... In MLS history, squaring off against each other this Sunday now. Like we said, we might not see the big guns coming out for Toronto. But um, it, it, it should be an exciting match. And one with with stakes for us. Stuff oh, is on the line for us, not absolutely. necessarily for Toronto. Absolutely. I mean, I, I fully expect them to come out and be ready to play. When does this one kick Toronto. off? We, we should probably know that. We should probably... Let our viewers know. Yeah, I'm slacking. I don't. I actually do not know the. A quick the little Google search, and after this, we're gonna get into Columbus Crew because wow, what a travesty going on. Okay, Toronto FC versus Atlanta United Sunday, October 22nd. Kickoff is at 4 p.m. or at least coverage starts at 4 p.m. Just a reminder: last time we played Toronto, April the 8th, was a 2-2 draw. So we have nothing to prove and everything to gain. Well, let's get into this this controversy. Yeah, fill me in. My knowledge is uh, is sparse on this topic. So, as far as I understand, the owner of the Columbus Crew, Anthony Precourt, yes, just recently purchased the team within the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of concerns the whole time that he might be considering relocating them, and to set the scene. The Columbus Crew were one of the the inaugural MLS teams, and they were also the first team in America to have a soccer-specific stadium. Pioneers in that regard. Mm-hmm. A lot of history around this club. 
Why are you giving me the the little this little smile? Nah, you're just funny. Is you're it just... does does this have to do with the what you said last week? Sometimes the stuff that comes out of my mouth. Yeah, just no, nah, just continue, continue. Right. I'm enjoying you're, you're it. You're undermining. It was, I'm not, serious. No, no, no. no, no <laughs> that <laughs> smile. That's that smile was encouragement. Okay, was okay. Nothing, thank nothing you. Nothing less than encouragement. A friendly smile. Yeah. Anyway, so team with a lot of history. He just came out. Anthony Precourt just came out and said, under the pretense that. Columbus was not going to approve a new downtown stadium. He says, oh, well, we have no choice but to move now. <laughs> move to Austin. Now, apparently, when he bought the team, in his release clause, one of the only ways that they would be able to move the team was if they moved to Austin. So, like, so that was always in the offings. So you're suggesting that he's had he's had this brewing for, oh, for all, a while. Oh, all the evidence points to this, and, and there's a lot of literature online now. Um so veritable academic so, articles. So riddle me this: mm-hmm. uh, Is there going to be some sort of investigation or any repercussions? I don't think for so. This guy, I, or? From what it seems, MLS is totally on board with this. And basically, so Anthony Precourt comes from an investment banking gra- background, uh-huh. and I believe that he and his team started looking for low-cost, high-benefit, high-return investments. And so instead of paying the $100 million expansion fee to go get an Austin team, they realized that Austin was one of the biggest markets in the U.S. that didn't have a major sports franchise. So you buy the Columbus Crew for, I think he did $60 million. You you do a couple years here and there, then create a a nothing burger over the whole stadium, say, oh, well, we got to get the heck out of Dodge. And then you move to Austin, and suddenly you've got yourself an MLS franchise. Oh. One of the weirdest things about it, though, is that Austin, I'm sure there's a decent amount of fans there who would love an MLS team, but the mayor just came out and said, yeah, we really don't have much interest in an MLS team. Like, we're not, we haven't been working with MLS or Anthony Precourt to bring this team, and they didn't even submit a bid for an expansion team this year. So the appetite does not seem to be there in Austin. Well, we'll see, and I know that their their geographic location will help because of the latina population mm-hmm. that is down there and i'm sure that they will help fill stadiums if yeah. everyone else is not super well and interested. but the, the problem for me is anthony precourt is setting himself up to own the most hated team in mls i mean there's a league-wide backlash against this yeah because basically ne- nobody knows now could this happen to our team? Is MLS going to just circumvent our history? And if that and started, this oh, that would just be one of the many additional problems that is wrong with American U.S. Soccer. soccer. But that yeah. that is interesting. Leave it to an investment banker to find a loophole, you exactly. know? That's, and I have, I have a bunch of friends who are trying to be investment bankers. And uh, to them, I say, have you no soul? Yeah, have some... Have some ethical standard of some nothing, sort. Nothing against, I guess, investment bankers if they're listening. But, not no, not. But this not particular one, Mister Precourt, with your Precourt Sport Ventures, unfortunate. You really hate to see it. So we're gonna we're gonna be joining the whole hashtag Save the Crew movement. Doing absolutely. <sighs> peach of the week. Unfortunate. Yeah, you want to do your peach of the week? Yeah, I have a peach of the week. Um, and this will be a nice tie into what we got going on in yeah. about. 30 minutes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tim Way, son of uh, 1995 FIFA World Player of the Year, George Way, scored a hat trick to lead the U-17 U.S. national team over that Paraguay. Is true. And for those of you who did not catch 
I believe it was his final goal to complete the hat trick, was an absolute golasso. Just a Galazzo. just a stunner. Really? He he came down on the left wing and kind of was just just tapping it, tapping it, tapping it, waiting for the defender to to bite, and then he flipped it right onto his right foot and just swung through it and crushed it, far post strike into the upper ninety. So he and that goal uh, mm-hmm. definitely have my peach of the week. Honestly, that entire squad does. They are yeah. playing very well, and if you didn't know already, they're taking on England today at ten thirty. And I believe we're quarterfinals. Quarterfinals, yes. I'm almost positive. And I guess, you know, my peach of the week, it was going to be Brad Guzan. Enough has been said about him, though. Not to undermine his performance, but you kind of inspired me. My peach of the week is now going to be the man behind the curtains mm. for that performance, Mr. Andrew Carlton. Yes. He's one of our own with two assists and a goal goal himself. Yeah, he played very well. He played very, and he's he's getting a lot of buzz now. He is. He team. is. He already and had within Atlanta. He had a decent amount of notoriety, but now it's it's really taken off. He he is, and I I, I called it with Polisic, and I'm gonna call it here now again. I know you've heard me com- made mm-hmm. the comparison before, but Andrew Carlton is going to be there. He's going to be a player. You think so? Oh, absolutely. He's going to be a player, and he's I got. Think- if he's gonna fill those boots, though, he's got high expectations to live up to. Because I just saw last night, Christian Polisic is now the third most valuable. Under twenty one player in the world, only behind Mbappe and oh my gosh, who was ahead of him? Maybe Dembele, but he apparently Christian Pulisic is valued higher than Deli Ali. That is that is interesting. Yeah. Forty five million I, euros. I mean, it's earned. I his international performance in regards to his club mm-hmm. performance and with the national team, the amount of production he has. I mean, you certainly value that exactly. I would love to sit here and talk about Pulisic more, actually, because I think I, it's it's almost time to start the conversation as to whether or not, you know, best best American player ever. There's a there's a long way to go, but we also have some other things to get to. We should turn our attention to Marco Cola, uh, Marco Cola, where we round up world football headlines. A lot of Champions League action yesterday and Tuesday. Our beloved Liverpool, 7-0 thrashing of Maribor. Mm-hmm. I actually still don't know where Maribor is. And they they set a record for largest mm. away win margin. Slovenia. Oh, they're Slovenian side. Okay. Yeah, anyways. So uh, <laughs> now that you've figured that fun fact out, mm. and they the previous record was also held by Liverpool really? for uh, largest home win margin in the Champions League. And I believe they won 7-0 in that game as well. And that was with that stacked Steven Jeddad side. Really? Yeah. We're not getting a lot of respect for this win, though, honestly. The pundits are like, oh, they they should be doing this. They should. I, I, who's the guy on ESPN FC? The, the Scottish guy was trashing us the other day. And he said that these wins are expected. Maribor is, is barely even a Europa League quality side. But I mean, to a, to a certain extent, you have to agree, especially yeah. with the attacking three that we have. Although, was Mane out for this match, or was he present? He, he still is. I've heard through the grapevine, though, that supposedly Senegal still wants to be playing him. Yeah, I saw that, too. Which is unfortunate. Regardless, we're sitting on the top of Group E with five points, which is, I mean, not incredible, but we're ahead on goal difference. Um, of Spartak Moscow. Mm-hmm. First so, is first, you know. First is first, exactly. 
Elsewhere in Champions League action, Chelsea and Roma with a shootout. Yeah, goal and fiesta. The, the second Eden Checo or the first Eden Checo goal. Wow. Or did he have the hat trick? Uh, I don't think he did. I know. I th- hit a brace. I think it was it. Was it a hat trick? Mm, no, I know he. He definitely had his fair share, without a doubt. It was. Yeah, and I, I would have loved to see Eden Checo win that one for Roma. I just like. I just like how Roma is competing with Chelsea, and I'm not sitting here saying that Chelsea is some like godlike Premier League figure, but it's nice to see a side, a Serie A side like Roma, mm-hmm. who, are, who compete with Chelsea. Are good. I mean, they're yeah. They're I mean, good no, team. they're yeah. I'm not taking anything. They away lost most Salah, but you know. Yeah, they. It, it seems that they found the production in other in other players without they a have. doubt. And they, they have. They have that center mid, uh, Belgium rock. What's his name? Um, Nangolin. Oh, Nangolin. Yeah. Oh, he is a he's a beast. What a solid guy. Absolutely. And then Eden Hazard with a brace as well. Correct. He was with a brace. Yeah. And someone who was it was just asked if the if they had to choose between Neymar and Eden Hazard, who would you take? And someone said, Oh God, it was it was a it was a pretty high profile player, and he said Hazard all day. Really. Yeah. That's interesting. Or hazard, I, I think I would take Hazard. Uh, that that's tough. It's but tough. I mean, Hazard seems to be a little bit less about the uh, the flair and the show than yeah. Neymar. And you know, you got to respect that to a certain extent. Neymar is a little, he's a little bit of a Nintendo. Yeah, he's, just, he's all about the games. Yeah, exactly. We know about <laughs> we that. Know we know about we that. know all about the games. Exactly. Did you want to talk about this Barcelona Olympiacos game real quick? Uh just briefly. It, yeah. yeah, briefly hit on that. It was kind of a weird match. Um, first goal was an own goal. And like took a deflection, hit off the keeper, and win it. Mm. No, not not off the keeper. I think it was off. It's off one of the off one of the Olympiacos defenders actually. And then this, then PK with an early foul and a yellow, followed by an intentional handball. Thought he had a goal, started to really? celebrate, and then the red the the ref jogged over and said, "No, that's not a goal, my friend. And that's gave, a red card." They gave him. Oh wow! <laughs> gave, gave him. Gave no, him. No, the, no, no, yeah. no 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 yeah, no no none of that. Gave him the wow. second yellow, and PK was off. But that yeah, did not it. matter. I did. I did hear that uh, Messi scored. Correct. I did not catch the full match. I, 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 I need, because I I know that he is now the first player oh, to yeah, ever score a hundred yeah. goals in European competition for one club. Behind is, Ronaldo, correct? Or what does that? Uh, what I read was that he was the first ever. Okay, to score but, for the same club. Yeah, that would make goals. sense because Ronaldo was yeah, splitting time with Man U exactly. and Real Madrid. Yeah, exactly. that makes sense. Some of our weird headlines, you know, we always like to do that. Leave you with some interesting stuff. Not too many this time around, but in Serie D, Italian Serie D. That's for those of you <laughs> who don't know your alphabet. That's the fourth division. Classic four of exactly of Italian top flight football apparently in a match this weekend one of their players Giovanni Liberti received a five game suspension after he quote and I hope I can say this on air urinated at the op- opposition fans he at them what yes. does that mean like okay, so I'll read you <laughs> face the, them? the match ended in a 3-3 draw but the central midfielder has since been given a lengthy ban the disciplinary board found that Liberty, you know, did his thing in the direction of the away section, making obscene and vulgar gestures to his, you know, thing. Interesting. And so- yeah, <laughs> but the funniest thing is, the manager for that team, for Turris Calcio, has said, "quote Unfortunately, once again, we find ourselves." <laughs> 
faced with an injustice. <laughs> Get it out. I, I don't understand how that's an injustice. Oh, man. But Antonio, Cole Antonio. He's with an injustice. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I would feel a little bit threatened if I have some player locking eyes with me while I'm just trying <laughs> yeah. to I'm trying to finish my beer and watch the yeah, match and he's It would be weird. Anyways, I have one I have one for you. Yeah. Um and I know you said you wanted to wait until you were a bit more eloquent, but mm. just real quick, Hertha Berlin, first team to take a knee in regards mm-hmm. to uh support of the the NFL players. Exactly. And essentially they were showing their support towards American players. Um Hertha Berlin their club Twitter said, uh, Hertha Berlin stands for their tolerance and responsibility for a tolerant Berlin and an open-minded world now and for, forevermore. Um, Kal- Solomon Kalou forward for Hertha Berlin also tweeted out saying, we stand against racists and that's our way of sharing that. Yeah. We are always going to fight against the kind of behavior as a team and as a city. Yeah, maybe we can deconstruct that more in a blog post or something. I wish I, wish I was more informed about it. Um, unfortunately, we're pretty much out of time. You got anything for getting cheeky real quick? I do not. You can go ahead. Uh, I don't either, other than it's flu season. Maybe I should have gotten my flu shot. My mom warned me. So I'm sick now. <laughs> too either late. Way, too late. This has been Peach and Pitch. I'm Alex Bragan. I'm Ethan Montegudo. Catch us same time, same place next week. Follow us at Peach and Pitch on Twitter or visit our new website, peachsoccer.com. Check it out. Thank you. See ya.